This is Gray Man Media Content. This portion of Down to Earth is sponsored by Transistor FM. Transistor provides podcast hosting and analytics for thousands of organizations, brands, and creatives around the world. They even offer detailed analytics at all levels and can even provide a simple website for your podcast. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast, click the link in the description or go to greatmanmediaco.com to get started today. What a fucking workout we had earlier today, huh? Three hours long. Yeah. 1,800 calories or something like that. Yeah, which meant that I could eat like three burgers afterwards. You yeah, know? You, did you eat anything? Fuck yeah, dude. I had, <laughs> hell yeah, dude. I had three burgers, man. I made some Brussels sprouts, bro. Two potatoes, bro. I probably had a stack of macaroni, bro. No, I'm lying about that. But I, I did. I did, I wanted to make some macaroni. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. about that counts. Yeah. What's know. up, everybody? Welcome to Down to Earth. It's been a while. It's been a, a very long, long time. Uh, like, subscribe, do all the YouTube stuff. Uh, if you're listening on audio, make sure you give us a rating. Uh, today... My guest, my brother, Chandler Gray, a.k.a. Ace Young. Ace AKA. Young. Actually, I ain't got no more nicknames. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he's a, he's a rapper. Um, but more importantly, uh, this man has uh, been through some ups and downs in life. And uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get into it. It's it's pretty inspiring, uh, honestly, man. Like you know, uh, obviously, me also being an addict uh, com- can commend you for your sobriety, your track towards sobriety. But your vices and your tra- your your path is significantly more difficult than the path that I was on, or at least a lot of people would assume. So, um, so. Why don't you, so first off, it, tell them, what, what was it exactly? What was the big thing for you? That got me sober? No, that or was that, 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 that you were using. Okay, so uh, no, I started off uh, shooting dope, shooting heroin, uh, meth, um, anything that I could really get my hands on, dude, because it was just like, uh, I guess like my lifestyle, uh, the one I wanted to perceive as was to be the fun person, the party scene guy, you know, um, whether or not that meant people were coming over, I was going to, you know, their house, you know, wherever the party was popping, that's where I was. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was just, it's surreal, bro. It it was 14 years of straight, uh, straight drug use. So 14 Um, years. So, so when did you, when did you start using pretty heavily? I started using pretty heavily about 16, started when I was 13, just tried it, didn't really do do much, um, smoked a lot of weed. Yeah. You know, weed got me, weed got me struck, dude, because I was like, I would smoke this shit and, uh, you know, it was good for a little bit of time, man. But then when I started hanging around those, those people, it was more so like, okay, like, I'm going to have to do something a little bit more extreme because they're going on an extreme level. I, and I have a tendency in my head to try to beat everybody. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, dude, it was about, it was about that for me, man. It, I started noticing, I started noticing I was going downhill when the people around me didn't want to be around me. Yeah. Even the, my best friends I was partying with that were getting as loaded as me. They didn't want to be around me because like, I was doing it to the extreme. They're like, yo, Ace is doing it to the extreme or you, you're doing too much. And I'm like, 
I'm like, dude, I'm just doing what I thought we were all doing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, uh, it wasn't about winning or losing. It was about the fact though, that I, I wanted to do more than everybody so that someone could say, yo, yo, you know, uh, you know, you were doing it more than us. And I can be like, yeah, that was me. You know, I, I, I had some kind of stigma against that, like so, something I wanted to do, um, in my own head, but like, dude, I, I'm I'm burnt, dude. Like, four, 14 years of this shit, dude, like, put me in a place today where I can't even remember certain shit, dude. I yeah. can't remember my childhood. I can't remember anything like that, dude. And so, like, uh, I went out to uh, I went out to Tampa, Florida, um, for my first recovery center. Um, first, it was it was landmark in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, I went there and. Um, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to do 30 days, you know, get sober for 30 days. That, that 30 days is going to gonna be something, you know, that's going to change everything. But I didn't factor in that I had to put my own kind of work in it, whether or not that was some kind of sort of program or whether or not that was, that was you know, me putting my work in to, to be a better person. But I couldn't, the person that I wanted to be, I couldn't be. And the only reason why is because it was my own self holding me back. Yeah. Um, straight up. And I did the 30 days, got out, you know, back on a run. It was just, so, so you did 30 days, you did that in Florida. No. So I did landmark 30 days here. And then I went to Florida after I relapsed. Okay. Yeah. So the first time you had attempted, the first time you had been to a, to a center to help try to get yourself back on track, that was here. And how old were you? I was 16. You were 16 years old. 16 years old. Okay. And then and then was it right after you you I assumed you you failed that one and then that's For what sure. that what's that's what had you moved to Florida? Yeah, so so then I I called American Addiction Centers for y'all that don't know like American Addiction Centers actually help a lot of people. Um some will say it's just not effective, but if you put the work in like anything is um but I went out there, they flew me out. Um, they flew me out on a plane, went out there, um, in Tampa, Florida, river Oaks in the middle of nowhere, dude, it's in the country. Yeah. Like it's, you know, and I, I was like, dude, I don't know nobody out here, you know, but everybody was getting loaded in there. And so we were like, all right, bet. Like we're going to go to the, uh, gas station across the street and get some beer. So I, I got like two, four locos and pounded them. And then, and I was so drunk, dude, that I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking through the, the fucking, uh, hallway and the dude's like, yo, dude, you're drunk. I'm like, no, I ain't. He's like, go to sleep. And then they escorted me out the next day, dude. And I pretty much from that point on, I went out to California, um, spent most of my time, whether or not in, um, Inglewood, Inglewood or South Central, uh, places like that, um, because that's that's what insurance would afford and afford the best so like i had to go i went everywhere though like i i just skipped places because like my idea was like i wanted to be on a vacation it was a prolonged vacation yeah it was like i'm going to all these places i'm seeing all these different faces all these different people and like the way it was was i was enjoying it and and i wasn't getting the whole factor the whole point of the fact that i'm running my life into the ground and eventually insurance isn't going to be there excuse excuse me insurance isn't going to be there so so when it is when's it going to be crunch time because like you know 
and I'll get I'll get into like my my actual like you know the places I was and like what happened but like uh it was just it was like when is it going to be crunch time you know I have 6 months till my insurance is out and that was September 17 2022 and I'm still sober today and you know, so so when you so when you were going to the the, the first location was here right, right landmark so at Landmark, what was what was going? What was the thought process? Because you weren't on vacation yet. No. So my, what was the thought process? My thought pro- process was everybody around me was like, was like, man, like you look bad. You know, my my veins were blue. Um, for y'all that don't know, I shoot up dope. You know, I I that's that's what I do. Um, that's not everybody. That's what I do. Um, but. My veins were all blue, dude. I I had been shooting in my neck. I had been shooting in my arms. Anywhere I could hit a vein. Um, Because, like, there was nowhere else to hit. And I feel like that's the real reason I went to Landmark was because I couldn't hit anymore. So I didn't didn't snort my shit. I didn't smoke it. You know, a little graphic, but I didn't. That's how I did it, shoot it. So, like, when I couldn't hit a vein anymore or... You went to, so you went there because you couldn't hit a vein anymore. What was so? What was the goal then? Was it just so they'd help you get to? It, it, I think it was more so like I just needed some. I wasn't really staying with anybody. Yeah, I think it was a matter of I needed a place to stay somewhere safe to rest my head because like the places I was going wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I went there ultimately. Yeah, the idea was to get sober, right? The idea was always to get sober this whole time, but it wasn't like. It, it didn't work out because I didn't have the my mindset fully made up to where like it was like I still had reservations back in the back of my head like when I get out of here I'm a, I can smoke again or yeah. when I get out of here I can drink again because it's not going to be a bad thing you know I'm just going to do this and then after I do it like I'll be straight no that's not what happened you know I I, I drink. And this is just my experience, bro. This is like this is this is who I am. Like I drink and you know I I smoke and then I end up leading to other things, man. And it's it's sometimes people can say, oh, it's about a program or whatever. It's not really for me, you know. It's uh it's about the fact that if I do something, then I know I'm gonna lead to something else. But I wasn't, my mind wasn't made up. I didn't, I didn't want to get sober there. You know, I went in there, I immediately fucked with women, you know, did, did, did the opposite of what they were trying to teach was, you know, to, excuse me, to make sure you were good, you know, doing the classes and everything like that, that you were staying away from women in your first year doing stuff like that. I wasn't doing that. So when you, so when you, and then your second, the second place you go to, you go to Florida. Uh-huh. And what's the so is that is that when vacation mode starts just immediately as soon as you get into Florida or that 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 probably that was that was more so when I was like okay I'm across country now you know I'm I'm going across country because I'm going to Florida and then after that I had already had a plan to go to L A so oh, okay. it was it was more so like okay I'm gonna go from here it's a jump to L A right it's a whole jump because I was uncomfortable with me. Yeah, I wasn't comfortable with me, so I thought I could run away from me, but I take me everywhere I go. Yeah, so I thought I thought I could run away from myself. So whether or not that meant going to this place, that place, this place to try to meet new people, 
that I felt like would fill a void or something, you know, make them uh, be more enjoyable, like me a little better. Um, that's what I was trying to do. Like I said, I was trying to run up everybody, you know, make sure I was the best. Um, and that's like, that's not the way it should be. It should have been like, okay, I'm going, I'm going from Florida. I'm going to, you know, California. I'm going to really do this. So I went to California eight years ago. Yeah. You know, so what, so what happens when you land in California? I assume you're, you're on your way to a center. Mm -hmm. I think I went to, uh, pretty sure I went to, uh, real life recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went there and, uh, no true life recovery, sorry, true life recovery. That was in orange County. I went there and I fell in love with the staff, dude. They were really trying to help me. They really, they really saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. Which was they were like, you're trying to perceive to be this person you're not. They said, you're trying so hard to be someone you're not. Why not just be you? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know who that person is. You want to help me find them? Because if you can help me find them, then maybe I can stop. And they said, change begins within yourself. So and, that, that's something that I think a lot of people don't recognize when, when you're an addict. Like, one of the biggest scares when I when I decided I was going to quit was like, I don't even know who I am without alcohol. Like, I don't even know who I am without, like, that's such a huge part of my identity. Mm. And it's like, I don't, it's scary because it's like, who the, f like, what the fuck am I going to be when I quit? Am I even going to like me? Like, I don't think I am. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a reason I'm getting loaded, right? <laughs> And it's probably because I suck. So, <laughs> so you so you're sitting yeah. there and you're like, you yeah. know what? Like that's just one more reason as to why like don't quit. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally I get that, and I think a lot of people, especially when they're deep in it, they don't they don't mm -hmm. like put that piece together. Right. It was uh yeah. I feel like a lot of people, you know, um, I've heard it to be said. I'm not really religious, but I've heard it to be said that like um. You know, it, it, when you get sober, it happens on God's time and God's will, not yours. Um, whether or not that's that's whether or not that's like, you know, uh, the universe, whatever, um, whatever you choose to believe in. Um, but like it's it was uh, I, I feel like it was time for me. Um, so like I got out to California, man, and I, I left true life for recovery, dude. And, and as soon as I left. I decided to be homeless. You decided. To I be. decided to be because what was I, the I because I I decided to be homeless because I was like I was like man I can sell as many drugs as I want I can do whatever I want it's not going to be hot I'm not going to be in a car I'm not going to be in my own place I'm not going to be in a rehab center where they can know what I'm doing right um it was more so like okay I'm I'm going to buy an ounce of this or an ounce of that and I'm going to flip it and go down to Skid Row and just live there you know um. And so, it, it, like I said, my addiction, not, not for everybody, my addiction took me places I didn't want to go, even though I had made up my mind that I wanted to go, my disease was talking, not me. Yeah. So when I'm thinking, okay, it's safe to go down to Skid Row, you know, and, and do this, I'm like, I'm like, man, did I even, I didn't even know how it really was down there. And, you know, this is right when I basically arrived there, like 20 days later after I get out, out of True Life Recovery. And I, I spent my whole almost a year on Skid Row just just in a tent. I was selling, you know, Xanax bars. You know, I'm not going to go into, you know, detail. 
um, but I was making decent amount of money and um and I thought I had it made. I had a couch in, in my tent, dude. I had a bed. I thought I had it made, dude. I yeah. was like, I was like, dude, I'm making money. I'm making money. Uh, you know, a good amount of money every day. I've got enough food. I'm I'm good. I don't even eat. I'm high. <laughs> you know, I don't even eat. So it was it was more so like, you know, getting out of there um was a mission at that point because So how long were you there? How long year. were you living on Skid Row? A year. A year? A year. That must have been insane. It it was bad. What it wasn't was good? Okay, if you don't want to talk about it, that's cool. But like, uh, it, what was it like? Like, it's there's so because when people talk about like bad places to be, <laughs> Skid Row is always like number one. You know what I mean? You lived there for a fucking a year? year, a year, dude. And, 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 and you know, I lived luckily, like I where um, my tent was set up was some people that I had ran into um, from other recovery centers that was living down there already. So like I, w- I was okay, you know, but there was, uh, I'm not lying when I say like there's people that you think are dead that's just laying on the ground, dude, that's passed out because they did too much dope. Like there's, there's people, you're just walking over people, you know, and there's like 40,000 people out there. There's like 19 different gangs on Skid Row, not just Blood and Crips or anything like that. There's like 19 different gangs. So, the, and they go by number gangs. So if you go down the wrong neighborhood or the wrong street, if you you don't follow along with that number, you're fucked. <laughs> so wait, fucked. so, so did, I assume there's like no police presence then. Not really. No, they don't. Care. They just. They, they just, don't care. They don't, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They don't care. God damn. I don't care what happens down there. Um, same thing with Compton or South Central. Like, uh, you know, sure, if someone gets smoked out in daytime, daylight, yeah, someone's gonna care. Yeah. Someone sees it. At once it hits dark. Once it hits, I'm just letting everybody know this. Once it hits dark at 7 p.m., if you're in South Central Compton or you're in Skid Row, you better get the hell inside, dude. Yeah. I'm serious. Even in just a tent. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd get in the fucking the tent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, dude. that's crazy. There's so, it's so there's, wild. Are, are, is everybody up on top of each other? Like, tents, like, tents next yeah, to tents, yeah, yeah. next to tents. Yeah. That's insane. And almost it must smell tent. like shit. It does. And almost East Tent, though. Yeah. Sells a different type of drug. What? Yeah. So like you'll you'll walk over to your buddy, let's just say Billy, over here to the right has has meth, right? And over here to the left, Michelle's got fucking heroin. And then you go you go down there, Andy's got fucking Molly. And then you go along the way, dude. Then you're getting different type of heroin. Then you're getting the fentanyl. You're getting the so, the brown dust, China white. <laughs> you're getting all that shit, bro. Who's who's <laughs> Who's uh, normal people aren't going down to Skid Row to buy drugs? So is it just other people in Skid Row to buy drugs? I guess uh, no. I've seen some normal people just go down what? to Skid Row just to buy some dope, dude. Fucking for real? Because they're like, they're like, oh, uh, because they're like, they're like, oh, I, I don't have a dealer out here. I just moved out here. So where do I go? They're like Skid Row. Oh, and you're like, <laughs> hey, you, so you see somebody like who you can tell isn't like staying on Skid Row, coming to get drugs, and you're like. I'll see you in a month. Like you go, yeah. you gonna be living here. Yeah, especially certain kinds. Of, that was like, I assume heroin and meth specifically. No one believes me when I say this. That you walk down anywhere in L.A., you can find a bag of dope just laying on the ground. You can <laughs> find a so bag bad. of dope just laying on the ground, That's dude. So bad. You can find weed roaches everywhere on the ground, dude. I used to go down, bro, when I was broke. I used to go down and collect, go on the pier, bro, and collect about 40 uh little roaches dude 
and I would, and it would amount to like five, six grams, and I'd sell it. Were you ever in any kind of danger? Living, I mean, obviously Fuck, a general yeah. amount of danger, but like you specifically. I mean, what kind of danger are you talking about? <laughs> Whatever you think you can share. <laughs> I mean, I've been in instances like okay, before I got right before I got out here. I was walking down in South Central. I was just walking to a gas station, dude, trying to buy a pack of cigarettes. I think I bought Newport Green 100s, and it was like $1,450 for a pack, $1,450. And so I'm walking out, and I'm going through the alley to get to my crib. I'm, like, walking, and out of nowhere, dude stabs me in my hand, dude, and, like, my my leg, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And and he just stole like he stole like twenty dollars out of my wallet. That's all I for had. Twenty bucks. For twenty bucks, dude. That's crazy. Twenty bucks. That's insane. And I didn't have a weapon on me. I didn't know what he had. You yeah, know, yeah, he could have yeah. had something way, way bigger than a knife. Had I known it was a knife, I probably wouldn't have done something, but I, I didn't know. Like know. he could have he could have had a pistol on him. I don't know. Like you know, it wouldn't have been bad. So I just let him do whatever, you know, so, I was just pissed. So you, yeah, I would imagine, I would imagine I'd be pretty fucking pissed. $20, dude. I was going to buy a soda and a pizza with that, bro. <laughs> Fuck. So, so you get out, you get, you, that's what you did right after the first place in Cali. The, right at, go, after the first center, you were like, yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna live on Skid Row for a year. Yeah. Cause at that point I'm like, I'm like, dude, fuck this shit, dude. The, the weather teaching is bogus. Like I don't, I'm like, yo, I don't want to learn about this shit, dude. Them try to tell me how to run my life. That's crazy. So it was like, I'm going to run mine into the fucking ground. That's, that's obviously where the fucking went. So you just, so, so you weren't trying to get sober. You just straight no. up, you just lost a whole year on Skid Row. No, exactly, dude. I'm telling everybody at this point, like I'm nine months sober. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's factual. You know, I'm telling people I'm nine months sober and that I'm doing good. Yeah. Cause it's what at, tomorrow, huh? At the time of recording today. It's tomorrow, isn't it? Or is it? No, that's my seventh month. Seven Seven months tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Seven months tomorrow. Congratulations. Thank you. The 30th. So you get, so, so how'd you get out of Skid Row? So weirdly enough, dude, the person that, uh, Brett runs, uh, shout out to Brett. Um, he runs, uh, um, true life recovery. And, um, he was, um, he called me and he's like, yo, dude, you're fucked off. What are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, dude? I'm sober. I got nine months. He's like, you're bullshitting me, dude. You can't. You can bullshit you all you want. You can't bullshit me, dude. I you were know just you. Telling people that. Yeah, and and he actually did thoroughly know me. You know the stuff I would talk to him about. Like he knew the type of person I was, and and told me I was a lot like him. So he said, dude, you're full of shit. Like you're not sober. And he said, you got insurance. Why are you? Where are you living? I said, I'm on Skid Road, dude. I've been here for almost a year. And he's he he like went silent. And I thought he hung up the phone. He went silent. And then he said, dude, let's get you some help, man. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I don't want it. I said, y'all all think I need this something. You all think that I need help. What do I need help with, bro? I'm like, because, and I was in straight denial, dude, straight denial. You know, I'm like, what do I need help with? Because like, I, all I'm going through, and this is how I was rationalizing it, dude. All I'm going through is psychosis every day. I'm using, you know, seven to 10 grams of meth every day and heroin shooting it. And I'm like, and really, and I'm like, and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me, dude. There's nothing. He said, Chandler, like you're, you're skinny. Like you're losing weight. Your face doesn't look the same. Like you're picking yourself. And I'm like, 
And I just sit there. And I'm like, shit, man, you're right. And I was just mad, dude. I was huddled up, like I was, I was shaking. I was pissed, dude. I was, I was shitting myself. I was, I was vomiting, dude. I was sick as shit. And I didn't, I didn't want the help because I knew I would be sick the next day. Yeah, that was the big thing. Was like going back to rehab. I knew I'd be sick the next couple of days after that. Yeah. So I didn't want to do it. And they were like, they were like, oh, we can give you medicine, you know, a taper to calm you down. Uh, for heroin use most of his suboxone and then ativan for like anything else to like you know calm you down while you can medically detox so you don't die um and he called me he's like just come back i i tried true life again man i tried it again and i did good dude i came out i i felt like i had it you know i kept saying i got this i got this i thought i had it man i i was sober for two and a half months and I was living in a normal sober living, not working a program, anything, just paying rent. And I wasn't going to meetings. I wasn't doing anything I w- that I was suggested to do. Um, that being said, I fell. You know, I fell on my face. And, and, you know, and every time there was that good person in recovery that knew me that wanted to help pick me back up. You know, it was like, let's dust you off. Let's get you straight again. But it wasn't that easy because at that point I was like, man, I just had two months. So I lost hope. You know, I had had two months sober and I'm like, I'm losing hope in myself. I don't know what else I'm going to do. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost here. Go ahead. So you had, you had two months sober mm-hmm. and, then, and then what happened? Did you just... I, someone brought in something. I can't even remember what it was. It was a while ago, but someone brought in something and it was something you could snort and I snorted it. And evidently, I overdosed in their care. Wow. And so, like, I, I had, like, an overdose. Um, and so, dude, okay, this gets into this. Okay. Then I left there. I overdosed, and I left there um, and was on the streets for a night because I was like, I'm, I'm cool. You know, I had just got paid once I was on disability. I was like, I just got paid. Um, I'm going to go to a Red Roof Inn or a hotel, something cheap. Because at this point, you had... You had lost your two months, so you were like, "Fuck it." Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. And uh, and I was like, I was like, I don't know what else to do. Um, so I, I went to a. It ended up being a, a Motel Six because, you know, um, Red Roof Inn didn't accept people that night or something like that. I got into a Motel Six. Um, I stayed the night there, and um, and I was upset at myself, bro. Um, this gets a little deep. I was upset with myself. And I was like, I was, I was miserable, dude. I was crying, bro, but I was taught to be tough, you know? So I didn't really want to cry, but I was crying and I was losing my mind, dude. And, uh, and so I took six syringes and I I pumped them with, you know, I think it was close to 17 grams of ice in it, uh, meth, amphetamine. Um, and I shot each one of them up in like an hour and I, I was pronounced dead at like 4:42 a.m. in the morning and I woke up on the morgue table. What the Dude, I woke up on the fucking morgue table that was Laguna Beach Hospital. And I got mad because I'm naked on a on a thing with a thing over top of me and I get up and I have IVs in my arm so obviously I wasn't really dead but I was I was out I guess I was pronounced dead but I was out conscious completely because I I was still alive. I woke up like that. So I'm pulling out the IVs and everything else. And I just walked out of the hospital. I just straight up walked out of the hospital. I didn't let anybody anybody talk to me. I was in one of those robes. They took my clothes. They took my phone. I left everything. 
I just left. And I think I went to a liquor store to buy a drink or something and I didn't and I remembered I didn't have straight that. out the hospital. Yeah, and I remembered I didn't have uh I didn't have my wallet, so I stole it. And I got in trouble, I got arrested. In, in a robe. In a robe. In like a medical robe. Yeah. So you yeah. so you oh my fucking <laughs> So you leave a hospital after being pronounced dead. Uh-huh. One day out of getting out of rehab, go up to a liquor store because you're like, bottle. you're like, you know I what I need after whiskey. the, you know, you know what I need after I get pronounced dead? I need a bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. And you go into the liquor store, you're like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, that's right. I'm in a medical gown. Fuck it, I'll steal it. Oh, I did. And the, and the cops got you. Oh, yeah. They had already, evidently, they had already been looking for me because I left the hospital. And evidently, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it wouldn't want to be no big deal. Um, so I leave, you know, and I, I try to buy my uh, buy a drink. That's all I wanted is a fucking drink. And then they arrest my ass. And um, for something disorderly conduct, dude, I'm not even drunk. And they, they assess me. I'm like, dude, y'all are smoked out. Go to L.A. County Jail. And I was in the drunk take for like, I think, like five, six hours to let me out. The next day they OR'd me um get out and i'm like okay i'm gonna go um i want to go to san diego you know because i'm like <laughs> i'm like i'm in laguna beach at this point because the hospital they flew me from uh, uh i guess they they got me from the hotel in laguna beach um and they i was like okay i want to go to san diego can they fly me out they're like no we'll just get you an uber we'll you know you'll just ride from la to you know san diego okay hold on real quick i just uh-huh. i i, I should have asked what's good who the f- how the fuck did they find you at the hotel? That's a good question. Okay, I think that I'm pretty sure I got loaded and with all that, and I was still good where I could still stand. So you, you know, out. I still think I was good. Okay, I'm pretty sure I walked out and went down to the lobby to get some coffee uh, to try to wake me up happened. or something like that, and and they were like. They said, sir, are you okay? And I, I remember someone saying, am I okay? I, I can't remember if it was a lobby person, but someone said, are you okay? And I think I fell out. And I think at that point they just called somebody. Yeah. Um, but that's how I ended up there. When I woke up, I was so fucking confused, dude. Yeah, I was like, what the hell happened? I didn't remember any of it. Yeah. Um, it, it took almost, uh, so I have, I have a year off of heroin and meth, but as far, a little over, but as far as like we and everything else, like, you know, seven months. Um, but it took about a year for me to start remembering everything. Yeah. Um, everything started coming back, you know, as fresh memories. Um, so, all right. So you get, you get in the Uber, you're headed mm-hmm. to San Diego. Mm-hmm. So then what? You get to San Diego? You get to San Diego. Yeah, I get to San Diego because I called. I've been to so many rehabs, dude, that I don't even remember the name of this one. <laughs> dude, I'm serious, dude. <laughs> I've been wild. to like 149 rehabs. No shit. I swear to God. <laughs> in detoxes, sober livings, and, and centers. Yeah. So I'm like, um, I get to wherever I was going. Um, and again, leave, get loaded. Keep doing the same shit. And every single time it'd be, I'd go find me a homeless dude and be like, yo, I was living on Skid Row. And I know these people and this people. And they somehow would happen to know them. And then they'd just give me free shit. <laughs> Serious. Free meth, dude. That's crazy. But they want to give me heroin for free. So yeah. I was just doing meth. Methed out. 
So what, which one was it? That which one was the worst one for the you? The worst one was probably meth. Meth for all. I think that when I was when I was shooting the meth, it was like it was like uh, I, the only reason I really started doing heroin because heroin makes me fucking hot and sweaty, dude. I don't like that shit. <laughs> Dude, I don't like that shit, man. It, it just makes me hot and sweaty. It makes me feel fucking gross, dude. So I'm like, I'm like, man, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot meth. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel, you know, whatever. I'm awake for 24 hours. I can do color, coloring books and do whatever for hours without taking my eyes off the damn page. There could be having a fucking cat fight in front of fu- my fucking face. I'm just letting the the cats do whatever. I'm still in my coloring book. Like, chill out. You know, I mean, like you know, I, don't, I don't even care. Um, and so, you know, I'm doing that. But every time I'd get too up, like do a little too much, um, I had to come down. So the logical person would be like, okay, just go to sleep or, you know, um, chill out. You know, um, I'm like, fuck that. Give me a gram of heroin. I'm going to shoot that shit. I'm going to come down. <laughs> you know it's gonna bring me down because it's obia puts you down like a horse like a fucking horse so I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not i'm not laughing at I'm you, bro. this shit's just fucking this is fuck dog this is so fuck all right look here <laughs> yo yo okay look here here's a, here's what it is all right i i had a Again, this is this is nothing compared to what you've been through but like i had a, i had a pretty big coke problem right and i would get fucking destroyed on alcohol but i knew if i had a little bit of coke just one quick little line and i'm up i'm back up we'll do another bottle so it just reminds me so much of that bro that see 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 bro (laughs) people do this shit man i'm telling you and and see if i was alcohol i'm alcoholic by by uh you know the fact i use drugs and everything else alcoholically um because a alcoholic, you know, drinks and drinks and can't stop, and uh, you know, keeps doing it. Um, yes, sir. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so it was like, it was like for it's me, I, I do. It's the same thing, but I do it alcoholically, so I couldn't stop. Once people think like, okay, um, you chose this over this or this over that, um, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't cutting dry like that. Because no. if I, if I could have chose um, a different lifestyle than the one I was going down. If I could go back right now, though, I would tell you I wouldn't change a fucking thing. Really? I wouldn't. I wouldn't change a fucking thing that I've gone through right now. Nothing, dude. Really? Because it's it's made me the person I am today. Being being a, a drug addict, right? We're some of the uh, an alcoholic, or we're some of the um, smartest people on the planet. Um, and <laughs> that's, I that's no kind of a wild no thing to say. no, and I'll tell you why because. We know we know we're street smart, and we know like if someone's falling out, we know immediately if someone's, and we will save that person. It's it's not about the fact that uh, you don't know them; it's about the fact that you know what they're going through. So let's save them, let's help them. Um, so, so it's more it, it's more that you've just seen it so much that you just yeah. know what to look for. See, but it started bothering me um, when I got sober this time around. It started bothering me because. Um, because I was in a rehab center and they, there was people overdosing all the time. Yeah. And so it would bother me um, seeing it. Uh, it would almost give me like a flashback of me um, overdosing because I've overdosed probably over 18 times. Yeah. I mean, really. Um, I've gotten Narcan, I think, four, four of those times. Um, Narcan is a, you know, um, 
a machine thing, a handheld machine that brings you back to life after you like overdose. Um, uh, it's just like a crazy ass stimulant. Yeah, yeah, it and it like wakes you up, forces your your heart to start beating again. I've had that shit happen to me where I've gotten Narcan though, man, and um, and they, it didn't wake me up. They they're only supposed to legally Narcan you like twice. They did it like four times on me. I wouldn't wake up, so they put a uh, shot of adrenaline in my heart. Wow brung me back and they brung me back like that twice um shit does not feel good <laughs> when you wake up you're like ah all right, all right. so let's yeah. let's get back on track here all right so you're so you're you're in san diego you've been to a bunch of different uh places um and, and obviously you know enough people in cali that's that's also homeless that you're just by affiliation you're able to get by yeah. so so what's the move then what where, where are we at now I think the move is uh I think the move is more so like um I get to a uh, a place where you know I I had kept going to rehabs and rehabs but kept doing the same thing leaving and doing that um so many that I was I was taking stuff with me you know um not not like drugs or anything but all of my stuff and my nice stuff and I would get out of rehab and I'd pawn it for dope or anything else because I was broke. That's what I spent my money on. So it would be I'd leave this rehab, this rehab, this rehab, and go sell this and this and this or these shoes to get this or that to get this, be in a hotel every night all the time, dude, either either on Skid Row, homeless, or in a hotel. And if I was in a hotel, it was doing the same thing over and over again, dude. It was like a, it was like almost a sickness you can't get rid of. It was like a... Uh, but it was almost like a flashback of, of the same thing occurring and happening. Um, so what I did at that point, I went to, uh, I went to that hotel that night. That was, this is fast, way fast forward, but you know, it was because I've been to so many rehabs, I can't keep count. So I'm just saying, you know. Uh, it's basically get, the same thing yeah, was happening same thing over and over until i got to a hotel on september 17 2022 um oh wow okay yeah okay. so it was it was it was constant yeah um and so i get there and like i said i had been working programs and all this and going to meetings and doing what was suggested that i learned so much in the rooms um of the anonymous, you know, I, I, I went so much in the rooms that, um, I knew this stuff so well that I could bullshit anybody. Um, that's what it was, was I could bullshit anybody to make them know I was so think I was sober because I spit from the book. Yeah. Um, I memorized everything that, that would stand out to somebody. Um, because that was the way that my brain worked was like, I'm going to still get loaded, but I'm going to spit this knowledge. So people think I'm sober. Um, until I got to that hotel room, um, September, um, 17th, 2022. And I was chilling in the hotel room. I had about two ounces of meth on me. Um, I had it all on the table, all this glass on the table and I'm just using small quantities, you know? And, and I remember getting out of rehab. Um, and then the next day being in that hotel, I was fucking miserable, dude. I was, I was crying. I was I was upset, um, had some kind of girl in my hotel room, dude, and I didn't even know her. I didn't even know who she was. Um, and that was like my story was like I had so many people coming into that hotel room, all these hotel rooms just to buy my shit that I didn't even know. Um, 
and this lady you know was asleep i thought she was fucking dead on my bed dude i was freaking the fuck out um so i'm just still chopping up lines and i'm not at this time i don't even have needles dude my veins were so struck after this long period of time of doing it that i can't even hit a vein anymore dude when i go to the hospital and they do an iv they can't really get it um so it sucks um but i'm at i'm at that hotel she's like sleeping but i think she's dead you know i'm in full-blown psychosis had been up for like two weeks had been up for like two weeks no sleep and so like i'm i'm up and I'm in the hotel room and all this mess all over the fucking table. I'm, I'm doing lines and lines and lines and the voices start coming. Everything starts going crazy. I keep having this voice that's telling me to just end it. Like you're better off. Um, if you just end it, um, and you don't have to, you don't have to worry about anything ever again. You can restart your life, you know, trying to trick me, you know, you can restart your life. You'll wake up, you know, um, no, you're dead, fool. You're dead. You can't wake up. So I'm like, I'm like, oh shit. Okay. You know, so somehow I had a gun. Um, I think, I don't know what kind of shotgun it was, but it was a, it was a shotgun. And I don't know if I stole it from someone's car in the, in the parking lot where I got it, but I put it up to my mouth and I pulled the trigger, dude. I woke up. This is what's crazy. I tasted the fragment of the metal, the heat of the bullet the heat of the bullet and I, I i tasted blood all in my mouth i woke up an hour later the bullet was in the wall somehow it had missed me somehow it had missed me they gone um and i got on my knees and i i i prayed to whatever is out there that i said i can't do this anymore I said, if you, I said, I know I've said before a thousand times and a lot of addicts will do this. I promise, dude, I won't do this as long as I can. I'll get sober as long as, you know, I'll do this for you, you know, type shit. I didn't want that that time. I was honest. And I said, look, I'm, I'm suffering. I'm going to die. I said, I don't want to die. You know, I don't know what to do. And I'm in the fetal position praying to God or praying to somebody out there. Um, losing my mind and I'm calling every rehab at this point. This is after like 149 times, dude, calling every rehab won't accept my insurance anymore. They, they, they're telling people that this person's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. We can't take him. You know, he's just going to get our clients high. He's going to get high. He's going to overdose in our house. He's going to die. Um, what do we do? You know, uh, so I'm calling all these people and they're not answering the phone. Um, Brett, the savior, <laughs> serious dude. Wait, so the, same, so the same guy from, from years true ago life, when you first got into Cali life, from wow, true life okay. calls me just to check in on me. Uh, uh-huh. and I just start breaking down, crying to him saying, dude, I can't do this anymore. He goes, I knew you weren't okay. He's like, what, what do you want to do? I said, bro, no insurance is going to take me. He said, let me try. He tried and called me back and said, bro, I can't get you anywhere. He goes, you're just going to have to be homeless and it's going to have to be okay with your decision you've chosen to make. I'm like, fuck, like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to be homeless for how long? And what am I going to do? September of last year. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Thinking, what am I going to do, dude? Like, you know, we weren't talking very much. Um, and I'm like, yo, what, a, what, a, what am I going to do? Um, 
So Brett calls me back and goes, you need to um, call this guy from Santa Barbara Recovery. You know, he's like, he's like, this dude wants to save you, you know. But are you willing to fucking do it? Because you've said before you want to get sober. Are you really going to do it? I just start breaking down saying, bro, I'll do fucking anything. Hand of God, dude, I'll do anything. And at that time, I really meaned it. I meant it. Every word of that, I meant it. And I get, I get um, a call from, um, from this dude named Adam. And he calls me and he's like, um, he's like, hey, we're going to take you. But you got to get in the Uber in five minutes. I said, I haven't even showered. You're willing to do anything, right? Said, all right, bet. I'll be in there. You know, I had all this dope on the table. I had this girl in the bed. Don't know. I had so much shit in that room, the gun, everything else that I just leave. I leave the room. I leave the key on the, on the, on the table and I just fucking leave. So I didn't know that that shit later on would catch up with me, all that shit in that room and that that girl would snitch me out. Um, wow. Didn't even know her. I get in the Uber, go to Santa Barbara recovery. I get to, you know, September 18th, get sober. Um, Remained sober, did a really solid program, um, you know, was killing it, get kicked out for my attitude, and and, uh, and they kicked me out for my attitude, dropped me off at the hospital with all my stuff. I'm like, dude, the last place I can ever go in my life, I <laughs> fucked up because of my attitude, and I actually wanted to be sober. That's what made me mad the most, dude. Yeah. Was like, I want to be sober more than ever, and I get kicked out for my fucking attitude. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking mad. I don't have dope anymore. I'm like, what the fuck do you want from me, dude? And 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 so I'm at the hospital. It's 11:55 p.m. at night. No detox. No sober living. Nothing's open at this time. <laughs> trying to reach people is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. So I I get a call, dude. This is this is what is say, dude. I get a call um, from this dude named Derek Eckley. Calls me from Design for Recovery and goes, "It's twelve at night," and I go, "Did I accidentally call you?" He goes, "No, I feel like you're in trouble. You need some help." I said, my insurance is trash. I ain't going to pay for nothing. He goes, we're taking you. He says, so we're taking you. We're going to get you. Um, when was this? This probably was was about two months after September 18th. Okay. So okay. He, uh, he, you know, he called me and says, we're going to get you some help. Um, I'm going to get you an Uber. You're going to stay at the Majeska house. Um, and you're going to sleep on the couch. Um, and then we're going to move you houses. Built the best relationships with people I had ever built in my life there. Um, I've met so many famous people um, just from being there. Um, he's he's friends with uh, Derek Eggley and Vinny. Um, Bam Margera's brother runs that house. And um, they're all friends with, uh, you know, Bam and Steve-O and everything else. Have their, uh, Vinny's doing a podcast with Steve-O now called Something with the Bucket. Um, it's pretty sick. And... Um, yeah, and so I'm meeting all these people and doing all these big things. And I moved to, into this house, and I stayed sober. I kept progressing, getting better and better, dude. Got, got, you know, I'm asking all these 
things out there to give me strength to keep moving forward. So they're putting difficult shit in my path <laughs> all the time um, to try to bring me down. Because while I'm getting sober, the devil's doing push-ups over here trying to take me down, getting stronger along with me. So, um, I, you know, at that point, I asked for someone to get in my life with compassion and love. So here comes Mari, you know. Um, yeah. And then so Mari comes in and we get together. Everything's straight. We didn't work out. She was she was uh, upset with me about something. I guess a chick I was texting. I don't know. Um, we break up. You know, all this stuff happens, dude. And, and I, I end up leaving design to go move in with her in East L.A., dude, because I have the best ideas you know <laughs> that's the best idea i ever heard of dude leave a place where it's a all men sober living where i have everybody fucking having my back i leave with a girl bro to move into a house just so what i can get laid yeah not the move just letting y'all know no not the move and you know all this is happening dude and um i become house manager of that house that we were living in I'm in East LA. Um, it was right in between South Central and Compton. Um, and I become house manager. I'm doing killer, dude. And there's these two girls that come in, dude, take Mari's side on everything. And they end up getting me like kicked out as a house manager. They hated my guts. Sucked. So <laughs> I, uh, so then I moved to, uh, this house called Crest House. And again, I'm still sober. At this point, I'm probably about four and a half months sober. Get to Crest House. And that's the that's pretty much the longest you had gone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I had had time before, if you count smoking weed and drinking as sober. Um, yeah. But like I said, that's why I haven't used dope in so long. Because um, I was doing everything else, thinking it was all right. Um, but it wasn't. It's always my downfall. So I'm... Um, yeah, I'm uh, going to the Crest House and everything, and they're like, hey, we want to make you house manager. I said, not again. I said, I'm not, I'm not, not doing, doing that it. again, dude. Yeah. I'll be a client. And so I'm just, like, working at this point. You know, I'm working. I'm working at this sandwich sandwich shop, dude. I'm a uh, sandwich <laughs> sandwich shop. Uh, and, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing killer. And, um, and I, they kicked out some dude for having dope and some dude tried to put it on me. I tested negative for everything. They still kicked me out. Wow. So I end up going to another house, dude, um, back to design. And I go to the Majeska house instead, dude, where I stayed uh, on the couch before they moved me to the 83rd house. So I'm like at um, Majeska and everything's going good, trying to find a job, but my record's holding me up. So, like, you know, uh, the stuff that I've done, the possession charges, the um, the um, theft charges, the everything that I thought I was getting away with was coming up to me. And this is this is at the point where they're like, OK, you're going to have to go to court. You know, you're f- almost five months sober. You can do this, um, you know, and uh, I'm like, dude, I tried that before I got sober this time around. And they basically laughed at me because I missed like 17 court days. They said, just try it. So I did. I went back to court, um, had all my record uh, dismissed, everything. Um, I have expungement papers back at the house I'm going to fill out to get it all expunged. Um, I got six months sober in uh, Majeska, and I still couldn't get a job. And I was I was freaking out a little bit because I had been paying $2,000 at um, 
at Santa Barbara Recovery for rent a month. And that was hard enough to make off $17 an hour. So I was basically had no money ever. Um, so I was freaking out. They're like, you're going to have to pay $3,000. I'm like, yo. So you're burnt. I'm not paying that. <laughs> I come out here, you know, um, I come out here and I'm like, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. At first it was just going to be a vacation. Um, and then I guess being back home was kind of like, man, how much did I actually miss it? And I really did. I missed how it looks out here. I miss the people. Um, cause half the people in California shout out though. Um, a little burnt. So, um, you know, uh, yeah. So I wanted to be back here and, um, and now I was working two jobs when I first came out here. Got rid of one because it's a, it's a front. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, now I'm working at Home Depot. Dog humbling the shit out of myself, dude. Home Depot, eight, eighteen fifty an hour, dude. I'm killing it, and uh, I officially start on Monday, dude. Um, but yeah. So, first off, fucking insane, <laughs> fucking nuts. Um. I'm super happy you're back. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the listeners, the watchers, they they don't know uh, how how crazy our relationship together has been. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get into super detail, but there was a long, long time where me and you were not communicating in any way, shape, or form. I basically completely, you know, stopped talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I remember, I don't remember exactly when this was. I know it was a while back ago, but basically you, at some point or another, you would call me for like the millionth time, not millionth, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but, um, and for whatever reason, I was like, fuck it. And I just, I answered the phone mm-hmm. and I remember talking to you and I only, I maybe spent like two minutes on the phone with you because mm-hmm. I basically told you until you have X amount of time sober, I don't want to talk to you. And I, I believe that time was one of the times that you had actually made it a, a good little brief. It might have been time. about four months. I think I might have had about four months then. Because I, I, was, I was in Redlands, California at that point when I called you. Okay. Um, so I think I, yeah, because I was going to go, that's the place when I was going to go to the CNC school, right? Machine school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I was going to go to a CNC machine school and I was doing good, dude. It was in Redlands, California. It was a nice ass house, dude. I don't even know how insurance paid for that. <laughs> it was a fucking, it had a pool with like lion heads and shit, dude. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm snoring pre workout. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, but, uh, no, I'm working out a ton, dude, going to the gym. I'm feeling good that. about myself, you know? Yeah. I was like, I was like, dude, this this is this is the shit, and um, I call you up, and I, my because I was talking to my roommate about you, and uh, and I was like, yeah, man, I feel like I really fucked up on this situation, man, and I don't know what to do. And then he's like, are you you're sober now, so why don't you give him a call? And so I tried, and you answered, and you you did tell me we had a good ass conversation, and then you told me like straight up, like if you if you use again, don't call me. So I didn't call you. <laughs> I realized I did not call you. You, you didn't. I remember. I did not call you. I remember because the next time I heard from you, you were like, "Listen, bro, I fucked up. I'm good now. I fixed it. I've, I've got some time under my belt again, but I fucked up. I didn't call you." Mm-hmm. I, and I, I remember I was like, "Thank you for being honest with me," because yeah. you could have lied to me. I would have never known. But mm-hmm. I, I really appreciated that honesty, yeah, yeah. and that helped. 
that very much helped bridge that gap f- between us because like i never actually knew like if if you were actually sober because you were all the way in california how the fuck for am i sure. supposed to know for sure you know what i mean i was just going off blind trust but then when you said that i was like okay he's serious yeah for sure and it, it was it, like i said it was up and downs from that point on from i think it was new origins i was at yeah that's new origins and redlands dude there's actually this documentary of this guy that i actually knew um i'm not gonna disclose his name but uh he uh he lived on skid row for a really long time ended up at um new origins with me and uh we had a lot to talk about um but he he actually passed away um i think he passed away three or four months ago um he went he went back to skid row and uh did one more and that was it so that was always a fear of mine was like um once i got sober like i said everything kind of changed it wasn't like um this magical thing came down shedded light on me no it wasn't like that it was more so like i know what i gotta do now and if i don't do it now i'm never gonna fucking do it and so it was like it was a matter of proving everybody that told me told me that i was never going to be sober that i was going to be strung out the rest of my life until i died excuse me until it would kill me so i kept i kept proving them wrong dude it was it was a matter of i can make this many many meanings dude and and then i'd look at my brothers in recovery how many meetings did you make this week and they'd be like four i'm like i did six you know it was more so like that uh well all you did was basically turn that that attitude that you had towards doing more drugs than everybody mm -hmm. else you just took that energy and that discipline and you put it towards being sober right and me and you've had a lot of like really close you know intimate conversations about getting sober because it's something that we share together yeah and it's we all we talk about it a lot that that idea of like i know how many motherfuckers out there don't think i'm gonna do this Oh, for sure. And I can't wait to piss them the fuck off when I make today the next day. <laughs> for sure. You know? And make today your bitch, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, wake it up and, like, you know, just, yeah. There's a there's an awesome quote um, by Albert Einstein that says, um, if you, no, for real, if you don't understand something simply, then you don't understand it well enough. That's a good quote. It's fucking boss, right? Yeah, and you can apply that to a lot of things, but yeah, yeah, that helps a lot with sobriety. It does, and um, and I the weird thing about it was before I was sober, I liked that quote. I always liked it. Yeah, I was like, okay, I want I want to do something that's within helping people because I I can't get my license because I had something on it. Um, couldn't get my license. Um, so I couldn't drive. I couldn't join a rehab. Um, they want to take me because sometimes you got to drive clients to and from places. Um, it wouldn't take me. So it's more so like, okay, if I can't get a job out in California and I can't do this right, I know Kentucky is going to hire me. You know, I'm from here. So I knew like, okay, Louisville's going to hire me. And they did, dude. It took a minute. It took a week and a half for backgrounds to come through. And But I wasn't being honest on my back through or my background at all my background uh before you know i was telling them have you ever had a felony or misdemeanor i would click no and so i feel like when the background came back they're like this fool's line you know um but i was trying to protect myself so i could get a job um but i didn't know okay and then i thought about it i'm like yo i told a white lie you know and um i called my people 
said I told a lot a white lie and they always tell me you know if you, you start lying it becomes old behaviors your old behaviors start you know and it goes downhill so I had to tell on myself dude I snitched on my own self dude yeah. and that's how it's been recently too if I if I mess up on something dude I'll snitch myself out in a heartbeat dude I'll be like oh my god dude I'm so sorry like I did do that you know and, I, and it's more so about making it right now than than um being so right to yourself, like saying like, oh, I'm in the right, I'm in the right. No, it's about being right to the other person sometimes, bro, because like it's just it, it just is, you know, for me, it was like it was like, dude, I, I, I told that white lie, man. And, and I started realizing I was cutting out meetings and other things. And then so I had to tell on myself, I had to say, you know, hey, I, I told a white lie and I didn't really tell it to a person. I just lied on a background. They said, dude, why'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know, but how do I fix it? They said, you just did. You know, you just told it, told me, you know. That was something I, I started doing um, three or four, maybe even longer than that. But, like, I, I pretty much stopped lying. There there were so many times I just got caught, and I was just so fucking sick of it. Mm. And it got to the point where, you know, before I quit drinking, before I quit using anything, it, the only person I was lying to was myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember, you know, Austin Davis, mm-hmm. the only, he was the, I shout out Austin Davis, straight, swear to God, straight up. And I've apologized to him for this, Yeah, but he was the only person who told me like as a friend that I had a problem. Uh. And I remember we were, we were sitting outside my job and it was like 2 PM and I just got off work. And I was like, let's go tie one on. And I'm, mm. and I'm just sitting out in the parking lot getting fucking loaded. And he was like, yo, I, I think you might have a problem. And I was like, I've got this under control. Thanks. And it was still like two years after that before I quit drinking. Uh, shit. Like, yeah. And I've apologized to him since because he's the, like, that must have taken some serious fucking guts. Because, like, imagine any of your friends. Before you got really, really bad, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and trying to come to you and be like, "Yo, you got a fucking problem." Like nobody wants to tell you that. <laughs> Fuck no. Nobody wants to tell you They're that spit shit. Spit in their face and kick them in the <laughs> That's what I'm dude. saying. Like, <laughs> so the fact that he did that must have been, like, he 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 must have cared a lot about me. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I love that. I love that motherfucker to death, dude. I I I owe him a lot. You know, mm-hmm. and um, but I. It, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was just that it was just lying to myself over and over and over again. Like, I don't have a problem. There's no problem here. I'm paying all my bills. Right. Like I I've got food, you know, everything, everything that I need, but I was just degrading and degrading and degrading. Mm. And just, I mean, I'm sure you knew I had a problem way before I did. For sure. Yeah. For it sure. was, it must've been super obvious to a lot of people. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I think I noticed it, uh, you know, uh, without getting into too many, yeah. too much detail, but I, I noticed it when, uh, when I would come over and that's all we were doing was, exactly. it was drinking and, and having a good time every night on a weekday. I'm burnt. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Let, let's, let's take a quick intermission. Uh, we're going to come right back after these ads. Hey guys, I just want to take just a brief second to talk to you about my new project that's coming up. Um, it's called Silvernaut. Um, it's actually something that we've been planning on doing for quite a while. I won't get into all the details because we kind of talk about it in a Pod Daddies episode that's coming out soon. It's a narrative-driven kind of short film. 
Um, so if you're interested in that, um, I'll have the date right here on when it comes out. Um, and in addition to that, there will also be a new line of merchandise um, called Bricked. Um, that's in support of not only the Sobernot project, but also um, the SAFE project, um, which is a national charity for um, addicts. So um, if you're interested in checking that out, go to graymanmediaco.com. Um, there should be an entire web page dedicated specifically to the Sobernot. You can go check that out. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically all we have for sponsors today, guys. So we'll get back to the interview. Uno dos. Tres. No bueno. <laughs> What's Out up, everybody? We back. We back. Uh, all right. So now we're going to talk about music because obviously, I mean, basically our entire lives, we've always been very creative people, mm-hmm. but you've always leaned way more towards the music. I mean, I remember, I remember you, no one even believes me. I don't think I remember you teaching me part of the riff of 96 quite better beings on guitar yeah because you had learned it yeah from hearing it yeah you didn't even learn it from like Mm-mm. sheet music or anything you just so like and that how old were we like i must have been like 14 15 yeah I was which young. mean you were yeah, like 12, 12 which is nuts yeah so i mean like so you've always been like a, a pretty gifted uh musical artist appreciate that yeah whereas i i kind of meant i always was more into like the film and stuff but i did do music there for a little bit for a while actually but he's the real goat (laughs) but yeah man so uh i mean i don't know how far back you want to go i don't know where you want to start with it but if you uh i actually know the perfect place to start that's good why don't you eat the uh that nut there oh man and then, uh, and then and this is what, and then, so that's level two. So that he's a, uh, that ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you got plenty of watermelon, right? <coughs> oh no, I don't need. Yeah, no, but that's going to hurt. That's carbonated. Uh, there's some Dr. Pepper in there. That makes it worse. Uh, man, I'm just trying to help <laughs> shit. I, I ain't got milk for you yet. You're going to need that later. Yeah. Milk's for, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Milk's for babies. Uh, so, <laughs> ain't no rest for the wicked. <laughs> yeah. I get it? Because Cage the Elephant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did that on fucking, purpose. You're fucking fried. All right, wait. Hit it up. All right, so so where do you want to start with the music? I'm just telling you it's pretty spicy. But, um... <laughs> What's that? What's the peppers that? Uh, there's probably some cayenne in there. There's probably some some Trinidad scorpion. There's definitely <laughs> something in there. <laughs> yeah. Here, I'll read it for you. Go ahead, because I can't really talk. Go ahead. Uh, level two. This is called heat level mild plus. No way. <laughs> it's um called warming up Carolina Reaper plus ghost pepper. Wait, why do you have? I have a question. Uh huh. Why you have me eat that? I'm gonna eat the other one. <laughs> now well, this one's gonna be even more. And now it's gonna the other one's gonna be way hotter. Now okay, so so number. Well, you got like 40 minutes. No, so, it's not spicy at all. Level, really. <laughs> it, it honestly tastes like uh, it tastes like the uh thing from Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which one? The burrito thing. 
Oh, okay. The, the Fritos, burrito. but you can't get that. Did you uh, know that's coming back? I know. Bro. <laughs> 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 it's coming back in August. Beefy Crunch Burrito, Taco Bell. Make it permanent, you stupid bitches. Yeah. All right, so look, here, here's the uh, so, hose. So a little bit later, he's going to be, because he's decided that no one can outdo them, him, he's going to eat level five, which is the death nut. Heat level is stupid hot. That's what it says on the box. Oh, it, it says that? Yeah. Oh. It says two times Carolina Reaper, uh, Moruga Scorpion. Moruga. 13 million Scoville Capsaicin Crystals. The fuck is that? So I think a jalapeno is like 200. Ca- uh, oh, I love jalapenos. Scoville. Yeah. So this is 13 million. Times? Well, a jalapeno? A jalapeno is 200. Mm-hmm. And this is 13 million. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in addition uh-huh. to that, because people have eaten that on the show. Have they died? No okay. one's died on the show yet. You'd yeah. be the first. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah That's important yes to say. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I might. Um, so, and then he's if decided. I die from eating a fuck. I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> so he's also decided that in addition to eating that nut, he wanted it covered in the bomb and the last dab. So after eating the level two, how, how are you feeling about that? <laughs> um, you still no, feel confident? No, that, that's good. You still feel confident? Yeah. <laughs> ain't nothing. <laughs> I'm you right now. <laughs> All right, so so why don't you take us through the through the journey of music here? Okay, uh, like biggest influences and stuff like that, uh, or like my journey as far as like where I led to now. Where do you want to go, man? All right, so hey, I'm uh, here for the rod. That's right. So, uh, yeah, dude. Um, me and you started doing music, you know, growing up. We were listening to Eminem and uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop and everybody else. Well, we started with um, rock. The well, Red Ruby Skulls. You forgot about that, didn't you? The Red Ruby Skulls. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we went from the Red Ruby Skulls to... POTF put out the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gang life. Put out the <laughs> put out the fire, bro. Because we had the heat and it was too Paul, damn hot. Paul, Paul Kuiper was the one that came up with that. Yeah, because yeah, because uh, yeah, I think we had so much heat. You know, at the time we had so much heat that it was just so fire. We got to have a um, fire truck put us out with a hose. You know, POTF put out the fire. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, man, PODF, and um, we all started rapping, and uh, and just you know, skaters in the neighborhood, you know, uh, started rapping, and you know, I got, I started getting heavily influenced. I think into listening more when uh, I think you were listening more of Eminem, and then I was too. But then I started in, in Dr. Dre, and then I started listening to Dr. Dre's old albums. Yeah, and um, you know, Chronic album, and uh you know 2001 2001 yeah and uh you know snoop dogg's albums uh gin and juice all this you know and i'm i'm bumping it you know and i'm and i wasn't like a normal uh a person with it when i listened to when i was listening to the music uh because i also played guitar i was able to basically quiet the vocals in my head to be able to hear the beat and be able to hear the melody on how the piano goes and um and how the melody goes and if there's enough bass and what kind of 808 kick they're using and stuff like that so it was like okay 
you know it was it was more so like okay i'm listening to this and and how it is and how the ad-libs are but i was never really listening to what they were speaking on or what they were saying um more so it was just like okay they're spitting fast excuse me they're spitting fast yeah, <laughs> um they're spitting fast and um and they got they got they got it going so like i was like i want to be like that um and so i started doing it but then generations had changed because the way that i did it was like them um uh you know kind of old school sounding and stuff like that and when you got to the new age of music people were coming out like polo g and um you know and um all these other people man and i was like i was like man how am i gonna live up to uh to sound like them or be like them um you know because rap was always my thing so was rock but i was like i i don't know how to uh how to sound like them so i practiced and practiced and practiced and wanted to be the best i could be um once drove me to really uh once really drove me to want to be the person i am today I had a, a different kind of voice on it than I used to, you yeah. know, um, it started becoming more ghetto, started becoming more this. And, and I was like, okay, man, I, I, I'm starting to sound more like these people. Why not sound like myself? So I started doing it. Now I don't give a fuck what kind of music I put out because I know for me, that's just how I am. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's going to sound, it's going to sound decent just cause I've been doing it for a while, whether or not that's rock country, uh, rap, whatever. Um, yeah, we were just bumping to some some of your country music earlier before we started the show. Shit's fire! New country <laughs> album coming out. <laughs> no, it's gonna be a. I, I was just uh, doing an experiment. It's gonna be actually be a country rap album. Um, I was just trying to see if I could sing country enough for it. Um, I guess it kind of worked out. I was gonna say the boy from Kentucky. <laughs> it, it worked out. Um, so I. Uh, yeah, man. I started when I was in California. Started going Don't to um, you ever what ever interrupt my show like that again. What? Go ahead. What happened? Um. Anyway, so I was uh, <laughs> I was uh going to uh you know California, and I was like I was like man, I got a uh, you know I started going to the uh studios out there and getting my music better, and then um. Then I lost a CD, dude. That was so gas, dude. I can't even remember half of the songs. <laughs> so I lost the CD that we recorded in a fucking really nice studio, dude. Mojo Studios, shout out to them. Um, but uh, yeah, we were we were recording and um, they were playing this beat, and um, I started saying. Uh, Gucci, Louis Vuitton up in my place. You don't care for my money, get out my face. Blue bands, blue bands, all this money. And I was going in on it, and he was like, wait, hold up, say that again. And I was like, what'd I say? <laughs> and uh, he told me, and I said, all right, bet. So we restarted the song, and, and it became really good. I started getting people listening to it and stuff. Um, down in California, it's a little different than out here. There's more opportunities to become... Uh, you know famous um more get your uh social media get out there more um and when you uh you know come come to different states it's kind of harder especially if they're not as on the map as la is yeah um so i knew that was going to be a struggle me coming back anyways um oh my god don't 
<laughs> I was in the middle of don't something. Don't you ever? <laughs> For real? God, dude, I was really busy, and then I lost my place of thought. Um. <laughs> Well, you were saying that you know Louisville's not really on. Oh, the map. it's not on the map, dude. Like, like we're like the map is like broad, you know, like some shoulders, you know, it's big. But like, <laughs> but then we're right here, and ain't no, and the record labels and everything else is all the way on the whole other West Coast. So you're like, well, how's that gonna happen? Besides, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, that's more for country music, I think. We got East Coast stuff too. Probably do New York. Oh yeah, New York. We got New stuff York. out of Atlanta. Oh yeah, yeah, we got uh, Atlanta records. Uh Texas is is I mean that's where uh Travis Scott came out of. No shit. Yeah. Really? Okay. Florida. I did not know that. Florida's always got like those shit, you had uh the Saint Lunatics from fucking Saint Louis. Uh Nelly. Oh no shit. Yeah, we did. Shit. Yeah, I okay. mean that's kinda everywhere. I, I agree and with you. And Nappy Roots too. Yeah. So they got famous from uh, Atlantic. Uh, I thought I'm that was pretty Louisville. sure. Was it Louisville? I thought, I thought Nappy Roos was Louisville. Maybe I'm tripping. Uh, I don't remember. But no, but, but the point is, and, and you're correct, is that Louisville ain't really a hot spot for none of that. No. And uh, and I feel like I had found my flow one night when uh, when I was, like, doing, okay, it's like math, bro. Like, I'm just going to get straight to it, bro. <laughs> Rhyming is like math. If, not meth math no, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we did enough of that um, <laughs> no it's uh <laughs> for real uh it's like math dude so like uh there, there's like two bars and uh everything else that you have to do uh but you rhyme in a certain way so like you could do like in the cat with the black in the hat or something like that and, it, and it's gonna flow because then it's gonna be fast and you're gonna be able to speed it down then you could go like pharmaceutical company stimulize me mentally coming off this rap shit when you're putting me down physically subliminally feeling like you're trapped in disreality you see me when i'm coming seeing blood is my analogy how is this math bro bro because I, it is to <laughs> me bro whatever it is to me that's just math bro so get it just right dude um no for real but i found my sound i started going with it made an ep um EP uh, album was pretty fire. Um, I think so. I got I got seven songs on there, um, but it was a different sound. It's more like I was in the studio just freestyling, and I, I ended up getting like some stuff down. I'm like, okay, write that down. I'm gonna make a song out of it, you know. So it started becoming becoming just second nature, just doing it. Now there's times now I have writer's block where I just can't think anymore. I feel like I've said a lot, you know, of what I needed to say. So I don't, you know, it's not that I can't make more music. It's that, you know, the stuff that I, uh, I, I don't want to keep talking about the same subject. Yep. You know, I want to mix it up. Um, so once brings me to my new song, Energy, which is about drugs and in the way that, uh, that the way that it is, um, the videos, like all these people in a club, you know, having fun, um, why i can't and uh <laughs> um having fun so you know i'm saying you know i wish i could get as high like you you know um and it's a different feel dude it's, it's more like a mike posner feel it's not like a uh a rap song so it's it's a different kind of feel so like um 
you know, I'm an artist of all suits. You know, I try to do every a little bit of everything because that's how my music taste is all over the place anyways. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I think the probably my favorite song that I've heard of yours was the one that we made the lyric video to. And it had very much a... Um, oh, uh one is that that's uh, that's the one with the graveyard thing yeah yeah dude that's a. it has like a post malone type feel to it yeah i want to be able to tell you the name right now bro i'm (laughs) really trying um we can look it up it's fire i think you know it needs to be redone on all the vocals and presets need to be redone but the shit's pretty fire yeah it's right there oh cursed dreams cursed up dreams (laughs) When I curse the yeah. <laughs> I feel a certain type of way when I wake up. I fucking, I fuck with that song. I do like that song. That one's, yeah, dude. That's Riley, Riley Wilds was one. Yeah, shout out to Riley Wilds. This is my favorite one. You're like, damn, he was on that song too. I didn't even remember it. That dude's gasoline. <laughs> he's fire bro and he literally went in there when we did that song and just spit it like he didn't even have anything written just went went in on it i'm like i'm like oh shit keep that going bro keep going let's see my fucking computer screaming at me to do my japanese uh japanese douglas is that what it said douglas duolingo duolingo um Oh, but yeah, man, I, I, I fuck with it, man. I, I like, I like a lot of your, uh, a lot, a lot of the stuff that you put out, especially some of the newer stuff that I've heard the music video that we, we just finished rapping, um, uh, last Sunday. Be like me. Yeah. That one's pretty that good. One's fire. Yeah. <laughs> that one bumps in your car. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, yeah, man, the, the inspiration behind that one was kind of, uh, Royce, the six, nine and Eminem type feel. Oh, no. Or yeah, no, Royce Yeah, Royce I'm burnt, dude. <laughs> but shout out, shout out to them, bro. Um, no, uh, yeah, I uh, I kind of got the vibe. Um, I can't remember what song it is where they doing like the uh, the um, like the words are jumping and stuff. I mean, know? that's a lot of them. No, you know what I mean though. Like it's a fast lane. and i was like i was like okay i'm gonna do it a little different but kind of like do like to to to, you know what i mean and and it it just came together (laughs) it did and uh and i think that that's one of the best ones i've ever written um bars is too um i would like to say i can remember half of my lyrics but (laughs) i was loaded through like more than like 60 songs so like he has to remind me bro and be like yo like fucking up you can't remember that shit. it's funny <laughs> when i tell people the because uh, of course now i'm a completely different person than i was mm-hmm. but what i tell people i'm like yeah i used to rap I'm like what no you didn't like he's I'm, the real goat i'm like bro shut up I, Bars. I i was like bro i had over a hundred songs <laughs> and like i did so many of them with my brother you remember don't stop just go i remember <clears throat> i remember i almost spit this because i remember this shit <laughs> and uh, this is it's crazy that i remember this shit out of everything <clears throat> it goes uh 
what to take advantage of the people that were nice. Maybe he did it once, three times, twice. Maybe yeah. you're not ready. Maybe you're not good. People Which don't listen to me. They listen to Redwood. Don't what stop. What was that one? Oh, uh, yeah, that was stop. that one. Uh, what you do, be yourself and just stay cool. Riding down the path of rap is great, but you're going to have to live with the critics and the hate. That's you, cr- you remember I, every I know, word. And I said, do what you do and you'll succeed. S-U-C-C-E-E-D. Yeah. Writing out the alphabet, A-B-C-D-E-F-G-H-I-K. It was my bad. I forgot the J. <laughs> yo, <laughs> I was like, yo, when I was, I, I was rapping that recently and I was like, yo, dude, I did forget the J, yo. <laughs> I went straight to the dope. <laughs> yo, for real. No, but for real. That, that shit was sick. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yo, it's some it's some crazy shit, bro. We were we were fucking making music on our fucking porch steps, on a fucking garage band microphone with a piece of shit laptop that we bought from fucking a fucking pawn store on Bardstown Road, right across from us. You know, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did that. That's how we started, bro. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I got to redeem myself. Cause that, cause that was trash. Yeah, yeah, but that was also like on the first project, man. You ever like really, really worked on? I was probably like twelve. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> you've talked about your journey through becoming the man you are today via drug use, and now your newfound path of sobriety. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about your your path through music it's time for you to eat the nut oh man oh man dude <laughs> I, I feel my arms I'll tell you right now bro we got a killer workout in dude I went I feel to sleep great. for three and a half hours I feel great <laughs> we going tomorrow yeah wait it's just cardio tomorrow yeah in the, in the in the morning in the morning yeah I'm working What is this again? All right, so it's the level five death nut. I'm just gonna swallow this shit. With mix with here. Can take I just take it like a pill? Take some of this, so you can you can actually get some of that sauce in there. Oh, <laughs> yo, how bad, bro? Kyle Wolf, rest in peace, my boy. But he snorted fucking red pepper flakes at Barano's on fucking Bardstown Road with us. I just know because this is gonna suck. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I just know it's gonna <laughs> suck. Like, I, I just, I just know it's gonna suck because the two, the two was, the two wasn't. Sp- How much is this? Oh, it's a lot. Yeah, millions and millions of scovels. It's gonna hurt later. I believe in you. Right now? Yeah, right now. Don't even think about it, bro. Fuck me, dude. Oh, fuck me, dude. That's like, oh. I have to chew that shit, man. I wish I should have just swallowed that shit, man. Talk me through it. What's going on? How is it? Just wait a minute, dog. (laughs) Give me a fucking second. (laughs) Oh, now it's getting worse. (laughs) Dog, why'd you do this to me, dog? (laughs) Come on. All right, what's it like? <laughs> like I'm having indigestion automatically. You salivating? A lot. Yeah, you can see the sweat coming up on Bro, your I'm cheeks. I'm sweating. I'm crying. 
I'm telling you, this. That's a bad idea, homie. Oh, this wasn't right. <laughs> hey, get some no, 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 no. It was for the week. I'm a sense. Oh. Oh. All right, all right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to look in that camera right there. I want you to give 16-year-old Chandler some advice real quick. Hold up. Hold, hold, hold up. Hey, just keep doing what you're doing, dog, because you rock. <laughs> Yo. I'm not... <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna be able to see you. I'm trying. Get lower. Get lower. Oh my god, it's gonna worse. <laughs> oh fucking Christ's sake! <laughs> it's still on my fucking teeth, man. Okay? Did my lips turn numb? <laughs> I can't even. Talk. I could probably stick my. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh man, I could probably stick a. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> you got it, Elvin. No way. <laughs> I'm too much for a Dude, bitch. it feels like. <laughs> You're seeing God. <sighs> What is that? No, I don't it's want just, that yet. This is lemon water. I need to feel every bit of this. <laughs> you say this. I'm telling you, this is a. Oh, fuck. It feels like my tongue got ran over. <laughs> Dude, it feels like my tongue. <clears throat> <laughs> oh. It's not going away, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be gone by now. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Is my lips feel? They look <laughs> fucking like huge. I feel huge, dude. My lips feel huge. My eyes are watering, dude. I'm seeing God. <laughs> seeing the other side. <laughs> oh, my God. I should have snorted that. No. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh, man. Yeah. And no one did that? No one's done that. Give me more. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm out through the whole world. Oh, my God. Dude, it's just not right. Feeling. <laughs> Drink some of that. It'll help. Is there hot sauce in this, too? Nah, nah I, wouldn't yeah. do, I wouldn't do you like that. I feel good in my legs. <laughs> Alright, alright, alright. Chandler, tell them where you, they can get your music. Tell them where they can get oh, your music. Oh, man, you can get my. Uh, <laughs> oh. You can look up Ace Young, uh, A C E Y U N G, no space, all undercase, get my music on YouTube. Same thing for, um, oh my god. <laughs> Same thing for, uh, uh, SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud. You'll find me, dude. <laughs> Just go look. You don't really got to look that hard. <laughs> go find it. 
Yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for giving me the peanut that ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. Uh, well, I guess I'll see y'all next year. The next time I do this fucking crazy ass show, man. Sure, appreciate y'all. All right, fucking.